everybody. Welcome to Spill the Novelty, where three girlies shout into the void about our latest book, hot takes, and obsessions. I'm Abby. I'm Maddie. And I'm Kaylee. And this week we tried to read the book of Asriel and all decided to DNF it. Uh, so <laughs> instead, we're doing an impromptu episode on what makes us DNF a book. Uh, just letting out our hater energy. Um, so if you're a regular DNFer or if, like us, you've been kind of working up the courage to finally DNF without guilt, you can do it. Here's Be free. the tea. <laughs> Be free. Be free. <laughs> All right. So basically, we're just each going to state something that makes us DNF. So I'll go first with my first one. Um, so it is bad dialogue. Bad dialogue absolutely will make me DNF a book, even though I'm not... Okay, I should... I should rephrase. So I'm not a hardcore DNFer. Like it takes a lot to get me to DNF a book. Um, but bad dialogue is something that'll make me want to DNF a book. So like Book of Asriel, the dialogue was, <laughs> I hate, I hate to be a hater, but the dialogue was laughable. Like it was so cringe. And another example is any Colleen Hoover book, which I would probably get a lot of hate for saying that. But Colleen Hoover, I don't think has ever spoken to another human in her entire <laughs> life. I really don't. It's like a I hate to say it. I, I really do. <laughs> but when I read her dialogue, I'm like, people don't talk like this. Like no. people do not talk like this. They don't. No. They and in like don't. Book of Azriel, it was like two times in the first like four pages she said ah yes and i'm like i've never heard someone say that in real life much less <laughs> said it myself like this is just not how people speak to each other like even when you have like a superiority thing to whoever you're talking to you don't go ah yes like it's just it takes you right out of it you i feel like and, it's either she wrote really out formal. she wrote out mm -hmm, yeah. a lot mm -hmm, she wrote mm -hmm. out people would say mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, <laughs> i'm like mm -hmm. i thought that was funny Okay, another yeah. tiny example of this is in, um, it was, was it One Dark Window, where, you know, every fantasy author feels like they have to create this unique, like, um, curses and stuff like that, and they said trees as a curse. <laughs> trees. Bro. The trees Grow up. Me. That was so stupid. Oh, trees. Trees. It's like, we don't have to do it. <laughs> we don't. Yeah. Um, straight up. And I feel like, too, with bad dialogue, I feel like it's either or a lot of times it's in one of two camps it's either like too formal like what you said with um uh, like ah uh, yes or whatever it was and um and then it's either that or like with Con colleen hoover's uh dialogue it's like very childish it just like is not the way that adults would talk to each other um so it's like are we it's either super formal or it's just way too silly like too, too much of a silly goofy mood um yeah 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 it's just or just cringe like cringe yeah. yeah 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 and i think too with like funny dialogue like there's so many um you know we've been on the emily henry hype train for the last however many episodes now we're about to be on it again but um i think with her like she knows how to do funny and cutesy kind of dialogue that's just so fun um so i don't know there's such a you can definitely get it right and be cute and be silly um or mm -hmm. you can just be bad at it yeah in which case we're not. like we're done. Yeah, we're done. And here. someone that does dialogue really well is—I know Maddie might not agree with this, but I think Sarah J. Moss actually does dialogue really well. And it's like it's a balance of being like bantery and and funny, and like still being how how normal people talk like every day. So yeah, I don't disagree with you. I I never my problem with Sarah J. Moss is not her dialogue. So I think her dialogue is fine. I think her character is. <laughs> yeah dot, dot, dot. like drop <laughs> but yeah i would agree with the dialogue though like i don't think that yeah i think that she's pretty consistent with that yeah also casey um how do how do you say it Abby? mcquiston mcquiston right i always say mcquisition i don't know why but like that's just <laughs> mcwizard yeah like you know the thing where your brain reads like the first letter and the last letter and just fills in the middle like that's what i do with her. yeah but yeah. anyway her dialogue is really really good and it just really feels like you're just in the room listening to it and like mm -hmm. it's just natural and i don't know how people are proofreading their work and not noticing that it feels so stiff and weird because like when I write dialogue that's stiff and weird, I literally can't move on. I'm like, ew, what have I You're done like, here? Ugh. Like this feels weird and gross. Like ugh, ugh. <laughs> the cringe. I can't do it. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. I have uh, I have cheesy dialogue on my list as well. Um, particularly cheesy dialogue that's supposed to be funny but is just corny. And I think a really good example of this for me was A Good Girl's Guide to Murder. Mm. The whole book, just from start to finish, was just corn after corn after corn after corn and like moments that were supposed to be cute but were really just like stupid and conversations mm-hmm. that were just bizarre to think about like actually happening so yeah dialogue is rough <laughs> yeah I also hate to be like as a side note to a good girl's guide to murder too like I hate to be a hater to shit on people's fun because I know a lot of people love this series but I'm also like guys have y'all there's so many good mysteries out there yeah. <laughs> there's so many yeah. good thrillers like yeah i i don't know i feel like it's very predictable and stuff to you which i should have added that on here of like when something's really predictable that could be a side note but um yeah no crint very much cheesy dialogue that yeah that book was very the whole thing was cheesy and i think if i had to guess why people like it is they probably like that it's not like a pretentious thriller because some of them do feel a little bit pretentious and that one feels a little bit more relatable Mm -hmm. but yeah i did not enjoy that book it wasn't was not for me no yeah i even i even broke like book girly etiquette because one of my friends i guess was reading it and i saw her goodreads review pop up as five stars and i messaged her and i said taylor we need to get you into some better books why did you rate this five stars and like normally i'm not that girl because like enjoy what you enjoy but i I was like no we i need to save this girl (laughs) like she cannot think this is the peak of literary fiction like no yeah it's okay i'll be the first to admit on this pod that um and kaylee knows this that i enjoyed verity when i read it initially because that's when i was getting back into reading and so i was just like excited to have anything that was like exciting at all you know um Mm -hmm. like thrillers or anything like that and then the more i thought about it i was like no this (laughs) this is not this is really not it and thank god kaylee was kind of like really i yeah we talked about it i was trying so hard to be nice about it i was like you you like this book like yeah really she was like being it? but she was being sweet about it. she's like oh really i didn't really get into it um translated to that was some shit dude. that was some <laughs> like, bad content yeah <laughs> it was the dialogue but it it ends with us has so much worse dialogue than barry i haven't so i've never tried it but i've yeah i've i've trust, only read like you. some um excerpts from colleen colleen hoover and they're so bad and weird i'm like how is she so popular? I do not understand. Like, the mainstream reader is is like a vexing person to me. Like, I don't understand what they look for. Granted, I am like full to one side. Like, I expect the utmost from from books and content. So I get that. Like, I'm I'm a weird niche reader, but like, it just baffles me what is so mainstream and popular. Like, how? And I think people, too, will say, you know, like, anytime you have a criticism like that, two people will be like, you know, let people like they like, which, yeah, sure. Yeah, but also, fine. there's so many books out there. And I think part of it, too, just, like, I'm curious of how these books get popular and continue mm-hmm. to be, like, popularized. Because mm-hmm. there's – we love reading for enjoyment. We've talked about this just for fun, you know, just to have a good time. It doesn't all have to be, like, peak writing, but it has to be fun and enjoyable. And, and there's just so many other good, chill options, you know. You don't yeah. have to be reading something super formal, but if the something better than actively, that. If actively makes me come out of the book story and be like, mm-hmm. would someone mm-hmm. really say that? That's how I know it's like not not for me. But yeah. like I'm yeah. very much here for, for like reading what's popular because I'm I'm very much like like other girls. Like I, I like to read yes. what that what the girlies are reading, you know what for I sure. mean? For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are some books like a good a good girl's guide to murder and calling paper books that I'm just like I no. Not for me. I don't get it. It's more like girly to girly. Yeah. Ladies. Yeah. Let's do better by ourselves, okay? It's not because we can't enjoy things. It's just there's so many other better ones. So many. That's what what I think it is, too, is like, um, and I I might get hate for this, but like, for example, when I was a young teen, okay, I was reading Twilight like everyone else, and I thought it was the best thing that had ever been written. Like, I thought she was up there with Shakespeare, okay? And then I read... (laughs) Uh, the Outsiders by Essie Hinton and mm, I physically book. felt like the brain chemistry change <laughs> in my brain because I was like oh like this is 
this book is evoking something in me. Like this is what a book should be and do. And like literally from that point forward, like I've looked at books differently and I've felt differently about books. And I think people that have just gotten into reading, like especially as adults, like after college or whatever, and like Colleen Hoover is their first thing they're like this is the best thing I've ever read and it's probably true you know that's okay it probably is yeah, the best just, thing we gotta move on from it yeah we <laughs> gotta like, grow we go. gotta grow from it <laughs> exactly yeah, you know broaden our horizons I just admitted my my coho moment so like we all we all grow up from it okay we mm-hmm, just have to mm-hmm, be willing mm-hmm. to explore a little bit yeah just gotta be willing um you know I'm gonna continue the dialogue theme here um I wasn't gonna mention this one first but since we're on on this route um uh, originally, my honorable mention was going to be a silly repeated little one-liners that characters have. Uh, we've talked about this a million times. I don't know if I've actually ever fully DNF'd a book because of this, but I have considered. I have considered it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this just goes with the cheesy dialogue. Um, a book that we really did like uh, that has an example of this though was um, *Serpent in the Wings of Night* with the whole like "there she is" thing. Again, I did not DNF. I like that series, but um, it it does annoy me. Like it you said, really Kaylee, if it takes me off. out of the story, then yeah. I start to get annoyed. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, let's cut the little one-liners once or twice. Yeah. That's all it, we need. It really and Book me of Abs starts to starts to do that too with Pinky Promise. I don't know if you got to that part, Abby. If you read that far, but I read like half this book, more than half this book, <laughs> and they start to do like Pinky Promise, and I'm like, oh, gag. Can yeah. I- oh no. <gasps> Yeah. I don't know if I got to that part. I kind of blacked out by the time I was <laughs> wrapping it up. But um, that's, yeah, oof. That's it's, cringy. It's unfortunate because there are so many examples of it being done really well. So, like, real or not real, okay, from The Hunger Games is a sleigh. True. And it makes sense in context of the character because literally he doesn't know. And, <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, I think Harry Potter also has the one um, from Snape. Always, yeah. Always, yeah, there we go. Um, Mm -hmm. So, like, people have just been trying to, like, recreate those vibes. Yeah. And it doesn't work. Does Twilight have one? I feel like Twilight actually doesn't have one. Am I tripping? Um, I feel like it does for some reason. I feel like it does, but... um, Apparently not iconic enough, because... Yikes. I would... It's something about forever or something. Oh, is it forever? Hmm. Yeah, there's something about there. There is one, but yeah, I don't remember what it is. Something like that. But yeah, people just like overuse it to really get it across that like this is the the phrase, and it's just you know let it let it. I think if it's used like two or three times, three times max. Yeah, I think it'll be a good good phrase. Yeah, right. Mm -hmm. And like you said, Maddie, particularly with the Hunger Games, like I do love that one because it makes sense for the context. Like it's a personal thing that also makes sense with what's mm-hmm. going on it's not this just like very random random cheesy thing yeah um, and honestly like i don't think every relationship needs to have one like i think yeah i don't know i people need to stop trying to include them in every single series every single time because it's just like i don't know like me and my partner don't have like a phrase like it's like a, yeah. almost like a safe word you know like we don't have like a a phrase that's like yeah i'm overflowing you don't have love. a catchphrase like, love you <laughs> you know yeah like, it's okay we have like a million names for our cat and yes. we joke about others we have memes that we love but we don't have like a maybe that's what we need you know they yeah just, they need to go to a meme format maybe i'd like it better yeah yeah because we definitely have like a language like you said like meme yeah we have like or like a bit and yeah you know? bit um we we love a good bit but that's not what's going on here it's this no. very just dramatic one-liner and it's like so, oh. dramatic. so dramatic so dramatic okay all right i'll i'll go with my go for my next one so my next one is info dumping i think we can all agree that info dumping too much info dumping will make us quit reading a book i was just sitting here looking for an example in book of asriel and i'm it's like on every page so i'm not even gonna bother <laughs> it's literally on every page basically it's like when a, a character is like talking it, the dialogue ones kill me the most so it's like when a character's talking and they randomly start throwing in information like background information that both of the characters already know yeah mm-hmm. just so the audience knows it too that yeah. kills me because it's like you would not I would not be talking to you guys and be like 
Right. I don't know. I can't even think of an example. But I wouldn't be talking to you guys and randomly throw in background information about our conversation. We would yeah. just talk about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so info dumping, yeah, it kills me. My job, which as you know, I got six months ago and I was hired at this place to do X thing and I feel this way about it, but blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's very yeah. Funny. You know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. like... Or... Sorry, mm-hmm. Emmy, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say like... Um, and this is always such a delicate balance too, particularly with fantasies, because mm-hmm. so you have info dumping and conversation, but then also, of course, to do all your world building. And like, I get that there's a degree of necessity, but it's all about like, you know, what kind of balance you strike with. All right. You know, I need to immerse you in this world and also not make you bored to death and overload you so that you don't even can't remember a single name or anything. But yeah. And I think um, a place where you see this particularly commonly is like the second and third books in a series even if the first book they don't do this the beginning of the second and third book I don't know why they are forced to do this or why they feel like they need to do this but they have to recap the whole first book in the Mm -hmm. beginning like Mm -hmm. chapter and they're always like as I stand atop the pillar I think about you know how six months ago I was just a normal girl and now I have all these superpowers and I have this weight on my shoulder and I'm like I finished the first book 12 minutes ago. I don't need you Please. to tell me that, okay? <laughs> I don't need this. Please. Like, are we really just, do they, why are we assuming the people haven't read the first book? I don't understand. I don't get it. Well, and I like the little recap, If, but again, it's all about how it's done and, like, if it's mm-hmm. balanced, right? Because, like, if it's, so, you know, a series book that... I read, you know, two years ago and then I'm wanting to pick up book three. I don't necessarily want to have to do a full reread. So I like Mm. enough of a little recap, but especially when it gets into things like their emotions and stuff like that, or even like you were saying with dialogue, Kaylee, like, and they're kind of like talking about how they feel or like blah, blah, blah. Like it just, it's too much, you know, it's a balance. It's a balance. I like a little recap, but not a like throw the entire, you know, give me a, give me a couple Maybe a page. Yeah. I don't need. As far as recaps, I actually, I like a little bit of a, yeah, like Abby's saying, I like a little bit of one because like, for mm-hmm. example, I read Ninth House and a lot happens in Ninth House and I wasn't sure I was like, like we've talked about, we talked about in another episode, I wasn't like 100% into Ninth House, but I kind of wanted to read the second book just to see if it like gets better mm-hmm. and if mm-hmm. anything interesting happens with the characters. So I picked it up tried reading it and I couldn't remember anything that happened in Ninth House and so I couldn't get into the story because it like there was no background information or anything it just like started and and I guess that's how it's kind of supposed to happen but like Mm -hmm. I I didn't I couldn't figure out the context basically is what I'm saying so I I put it down and said maybe I'll try again after I reread Ninth House but it might be a personal thing because like so when I was um I don't know, probably like 20. My mom brought me home a book from a yard sale because she's a yard sale girly. And I just like started reading it. She was like, it's fantasy. And I was like, thank you. That is all I need to know. I started reading it. And I was like, there were things that were happening. There were characters that were meeting that had history. And I was like, what is going on? Like, ooh, tea. Like, but it felt fun because I was like, I kind of don't know what's going on, but I want to know. And Mm -hmm. um, I finished it. I really liked it. And then I went to go um, buy the next book in the series, and I realized I had read book two instead of, and like she had just bought it at a yard sale, so she didn't know. And so I had read the second book, and so then I went back and read the first book. But it was like, I don't know, it was fun to kind of be on the foot of like, there's something about it that makes me really feel like I'm watching something happen versus I'm being told because mm, there's an yeah. element, if it's done right, of confusion that, like, keeps you engaged in the story. And, like, ooh, what's going right. to happen? You're working to figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're like, ooh, why do these people have beef? Like, what's going on? Like, ooh, okay, there's there's lore here, you know? It's just kind yeah. of fun. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I guess it just depends on the story mm-hmm. and the vibe. Yeah. Good point, but good point. that kind of brings me to my next thing. Um which is super slow plot movement, which I think info dumping is often responsible for. But even just when the story is kind of like slugging along and like not really going anywhere. Um, I read Daughter of the Moon Goddess last year, which is like a very popular, very hyped book. But the beginning is so slow and like 
just kind of boring. <laughs> like not a lot is going on. I almost DNF'd it. Um, and also for me, uh, the Accord of Wings and Ruin, my hot take from the Akatar <laughs> series, it was so fucking boring, bro. Like it just that book just dragged for me and like I would have absolutely DNF'd it if I wasn't reading it for like a book club. Like I was so over it. I was listening to it on like three and a half times speed audiobook, just miserable. <laughs> like the last four hours, just like playing balloons on my computer, just so but over wait, it. did you what did you not did you not like it because it was like a war book and you typically don't like this? Or did you not like it because like there wasn't enough happening? Yeah, I think part of it war is a tough sell for me which i know is like a me thing um because a lot of the times i'm more invested in character conflicts than big mm. external conflicts mm -hmm. like that and there was the character conflict in that book is just really bad and stupid like it's literally just Feyre doing whatever she wants and then Resan going that's okay, honey. I still love you. And she's like, oh, my God, he's so nice. I, I hate him this chapter, but next chapter, I'm okay. And, like, now I'm going to be mad for, like, this contrived reason that doesn't make any sense. And then um, now I'm okay again. So it was just, like, it's if the character conflict is lacking, um, then I can't. I just don't care. I just don't care. I guess that's fair. I, I guess I, like... I like books with bigger conflict going on. Like, I like the war-type books. Like, Priori, you know, is a good example. Um, in the prequel to Priori, they've got, like, these massive wars happening. And that's a big part of, bigger mm -hmm. part of the book than anything going on with the characters. And I like that. Like, I yeah. I don't know. I like, I like a lot of, like, context, I guess is kind of what I'm saying. Yeah. So. I, I just, I will say thing. that I think for Priori, yeah absolutely the biggest thing is the war and all the stuff with the kingdoms and everything but like i do think you get um as it builds you get a lot of those like you know character dynamics shifting and changing and tension with like their situation and stuff too so yeah. but but yeah the biggest point is the bigger scope of everything going on yeah i like it as like a supplement a lot or even a primary but like done a little bit more I think I like it on a micro level like I like a political intrigue kind of thing so like mm -hmm. the Cruel Prince series I love because the romance is almost a supplement to like Jude trying to gain power in the system and like doing that but it's in it's done in like a very character focused way where she's like playing with people rather than like pieces on a chessboard that's like this battle's happening and this battle's happening and whatever um but yeah, I need to read Priory to see if that is done in a way that I will actually be able to digest because I have not, I just, I think I haven't read like a good war book mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. So. I was going to say too, for um, Daughter of the Moon Goddess, um, mm -hmm. I really liked it, but I remember even in like, in giving it a really good review, I did talk about the slow, like it's definitely is slow. Um, now, I think the thing that, for me at least um, personally redeemed daughter of the moon goddess for the slow moments is that you get, I think just these very beautiful like descriptions and it's very mm -hmm. like scenic. And so um, it was just a really beautiful kind of world to be in. So I think for me, like at that particular moment, I was in the mood for a more chill read. Mm -hmm. So I didn't mind it, but that's the thing too, is like, I, something I was going to talk about is, you know, I'm, I'm accepting being a mood reader uh, yes. for sure. Mm -hmm. I, I there are times where I like a nice kind of slow chill pretty read but if I'd be in my normal like fantasy you know action pack kind of mood like that book would have not been for me so I think it mm -hmm. definitely just depends on you know what else does it bring to the table like in that case it's a beautiful read but also what mood am I in um yeah and another I mood I might have said nah you know yeah and I think too for me like a good example is um the hobbit and like tolkien readers will admit this this man mm -hmm. will describe you everything yes. in the scene like to the t and mm -hmm. it's just too much for me and i told like it's good writing and like i love it for him but like i don't need to know unless i need to know so it's like that's it slows down the plot for me to a point where it's like i yeah. just, i just i can't i can't i cannot proceed yeah hot right. take is that the lord of the Rings series is kind of unbearable 
It is unbearable. The movies are good. The movies are good. Really good. And because they're a lot faster pace and you don't you don't get all that like all of the unnecessary like the tree was green yeah. and had a long you know, long st- whatever i don't know yeah but you don't you don't get all that in the movie so the storyline the story is great mm-hmm. but like the hobbit i read the hobbit and i read the first book of lord of the rings and the only reason i read those was so i could be like edgy and cool and be yeah. like oh i've read lord of the rings <laughs> right but if i wasn't reading it for that purpose like i can recognize that it's good writing there's mm-hmm. a lot of figurative language it's beautiful mm-hmm. but as far as like wanting to read for the story and not the writing it's like no it's no. just it's not it does no. not hit for me it does not hit i need dumber fantasy respectfully same <laughs> i just i can't yeah yeah, the descriptiveness is the problem. Like, um, I get it. I get it. It's great stylistically. And yet I want to move on, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Literally. Yeah. I don't know. I think in my own writing, too, like, I failed to describe things. Like, if my book, like, if I could write it just the way that I want to, it would be, like, borderline only dialogue. And that's another thing that I look for. Like, when I open up a page of a book and there's like no dialogue. I'm like, whoa. You're oh, like, yeah. good God. Like, what are we doing here? It's just mm-hmm. so much. And I think honestly, like, even Iron Flame, I remember had like a good a good chunk of the book that was like a lot of just like, here's what we did today. Here's this. Here's this. Here's this. Here's this. And I was like, girl, I need a conversation. Like something, something. <laughs> Throw me a bone. Give me please. something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's a good point. Um. So. Uh, speaking of conversation and character perspectives, uh, we have talked, I think, in different episodes about how much um, POV matters to us. Um, and one of, so I put, this is probably my biggest one, actually. Yeah. Um, I put bad POV switching, and this can come in many different forms. Uh, too many POV jumps, too many different characters, uh, cop-outs for revealing information by just switching POVs, POVs that no one asked for um all sorts of problems <laughs> um if you no you know what i'm about for. to say um this uh throwback to god killer here we are again we did not need the little rat gods pov we've discussed oh this like we did not need it there was too much going on so um and again i can do different povs like we've talked about um at length how much we love priori or at least me and kaylee have um really enjoyed it and it switches povs and for the most part i can think of like a pov that i didn't care as much for but I like it. I like the switch. But yeah, yeah, if it's bad, it's bad. Yeah. I I think in 90% of circumstances, please God only give me one POV. Like I really do not need multiple POVs. I think there's like 5% that, okay, maybe 8% where two POVs is nice. And then 2% where more than two POVs is okay. And I think the only place that I've really liked that is Six of Crows. And part of that I will credit to I was listening to the audiobook and they have an individual narrator for each character. Um, and there was a lot of effort put into like each character speaking differently. So like if you're going to do multiple POVs and they talk exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Red flag. I, I hate it. I can't stand it. That's exactly what I put on my list is when when it doesn't change at all by mm. the person you're reading. And so you have to look back and say, wait, who is this again? And and you have to like go, go to the beginning of the chapter where it says the name of the person. Mm-hmm. Because right. like, for example, yeah. the Savage Land series, it's hard for me to recommend. I would recommend the first book, but then after that, it starts to go downhill. And by the fifth book, it it is becomes a two-star read because the POVs are written the exact same. The characters speak the same. They have mm-hmm. the same inner thoughts they have the same phrases phrases that they repeat and it's so lazy i think that's lazy writing like if you can't yeah. do a good pov shift just don't do it don't yep. do it stay to the one character that you're good at writing you know yep. yeah yeah and with priori too i think what i loved about it is that so the pov is also just served a very specific purpose right because i think all too often povs um, particularly with, you know, fantasies, romanticies that we love. Unfortunately, I think a lot of times POVs are just like an easy way 
to reveal more about the main POV, <laughs> right? Yeah. So like, for example, if you get, you normally have your female main character and then maybe occasionally you switch to, you know, her love interest's mm-hmm. POV just to reveal like how he sees her. It doesn't deserve, yeah, it's not for a distinct purpose versus like priority. You know for sure why, you know, it's this big war and things like that. You have your different sides that are completely unrelated for a long time very distinct voices, very distinct religious beliefs, backgrounds, all this kind of stuff. And then it kind of converges. Um, so that makes sense. Um, but we don't need POVs just to, no. you know, reveal how the love interest um, feels about mm-hmm. the main character. Like yeah. it's just, There's, and if you that. really want to do a POV shift and, or you want to do it for that reason that you're saying, Abby, my opinion is you should write like a novella or something from that other character's mm-hmm. perspective. Like I shatter in the shatter me series Tahara mm-hmm. Mafi, I think that's her name. Um, mm-hmm. does that really well. Like she writes side books that are optional to read and they're from the dude's perspective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I can't think of his name. That's why I'm saying the dude, but Aaron Warner. Is that Aaron, who it is? Yeah, Warner? Aaron Warner. Slid. Yeah. Memory they, slid. they write from there. his perspective so i remember yeah 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 there are yeah. a lot of tools to do it in a way that is better than switching povs like um iron flame is a good example of this doing it well and then doing it poorly so like doing it well in my opinion is like there's a moment where because they can read each other's minds or communicate telepathically because of course they can that's not the do it well part don't yell at me okay but there's a moment where she slips into zayden's head and then sees herself from his perspective great love that ate it up then at the end of the book for no particular reason we have a chapter of zayden's pov no one asked for that. I don't need that. I just need Zayden to tell Violet what happened. I just don't need it. And even stuff like that's more normal, like an overheard conversation or like a, you won't believe what he said to me or like a third character saying like the way he looks at you is crazy. Like I eat that stuff up. Like it doesn't right. have to be a POV, like those little bits and exactly. bobs yeah. that are part of everyday life too where it's like you have the conversation you like have a crush on someone and then like your friend is like oh I kind of see something between you two and you're like oh I just don't you know like that's good that's good food that's mm-hmm. good food just give us the good, good food. food good soup yeah yeah we just don't have to cop out with like no. <laughs> the rat god does not need a POV no. okay please not the no. rat god anyone but the rat god please he just doesn't <laughs> oh, um god. but yeah big one for me big ick yeah I respect that. Um, okay, I only have one more on my list. I think I went out of order here. But my last one, and this one isn't as much of a hot take because I think a lot of people would agree with this, but it's when there's an abusive relationship that's supposed to be romantic. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can only think of one example of this, but it's like a glorify. it's glorifying like abuse and I don't mean physical abuse because that's more obvious but I mean like emotional abuse Mm -hmm. and the example that I can think of and this is a hot take is from blood and ash because a lot of people love that book but if you read it and you start to think like what if this is kind of emotionally abusive and then you you like read it with that thought I think a lot of people would see it differently because it's like it's not a healthy relationship at all Mm -hmm. especially by the end Mm -hmm. and I just I was not here for it. I did not like that book at all. Like, yeah, wasn't for me. Okay, can I tell you? So I'm so (laughs) I'm still iron flame pilled. Okay, but I was watching a show um, called Couples Therapy and like it's been getting a lot of clips on TikTok. And so I went and watched the show and it's great. It's it's what it sounds like. It's couples going to therapy and it's like all filmed and whatever, whatever, whatever. And one of the couples um the guy kept saying like she kept saying like you're lying to me blah 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 and he's like I am honest with you you're just not asking the right questions you asked mm, me x and I answered y and blah 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 oh, and you if you would have asked yep. me z I would have told you blah 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 and I was like poof, right back into iron flame because that yeah. was that was like my issue is like for the most part I agreed with Zayden until he started saying that stuff. And I was like, that's gaslighting. And the therapist was like, you know, talking to another, uh, her like other counselor, supervisor, whatever. And she was like, he doesn't realize that like he's gaslighting her. 
and like being emotionally abusive by saying she's not asking the right questions. So it's her fault that she's not getting the answers that she needs. Mm. And I was like, yes, Mm -hmm. yes, that exactly. Like this is not something that we should be, you know, looking up to and being like, "Mm, Zayden's so mysterious and hot for that part. Like he's problematic there and that's okay. Yeah. Like we don't need to, we don't need to co-sign on that, you know? And I can deal with an imperfect character that's mm-hmm. not meaning to do it, but yeah. from Blood and Ash, like, I won't spoil it because some people probably really want to read that book, but it's it's a lot more obvious than that. Like, it's a lot more, like, intentional, in mm. my opinion, like, manipula- right. manipulative intentionally. Yuck. And so, I don't, I, I think it was just, I don't know, y'all would have to read it, but I don't recommend it. Yeah. So. Right. Well, and... um we even talked about um now i'm gonna forget the name of the book um the one that one of the big ones on book talk right now uh that we didn't even touch because oh it's a very like problematic haunting adeline yes which yeah yeah, yeah. which i know is like a more extreme example but you know i just nah you know i'm good i'm good off that (laughs) like yeah yeah i want to like a relationship because it's like it might have its flaws, but it's it's healthy. It's you know, I want to glorify a healthy relationship. I don't want to read about a stalker mm-hmm. yeah. turned yeah. romantic Which, interest. You know, we all read Twilight. We I, all, I was just we, gonna bring up Twilight we all, and be like, we all had our roots, <laughs> but but when we were teenagers, it's different than now. Okay, it's different. And, um, yeah, you know. At least if at least if he's gonna be a weirdo, he can be like a hot vampire or something. Like something. you know, at least that. And then we grow up and we're like, you know, that's probably not the best behavior. Um, yeah. It's not the healthiest dynamic. But was it life. fun to read then? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, fun okay. to read then. <laughs> because because Jacob and Bella had a great yeah, he, dynamic too. Yeah, he was never right. problematic or toxic or like forced himself on her. Like I don't know what you're talking about. It's just uh, and Bella was, was never madly never mistreated him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then dated she her never daughter. mistreated him either. Fine. Yeah, it's fine. Oh, right. Yeah. This is normal Forever. stuff. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. You know, side yeah, yeah. note when that happened. Yeah, yeah very but... unproblematic fave. It's okay. I agree. I'm not gonna seek it out now. So <laughs> we just spoiled Twilight. So we should have put a spoiler warning for anyone that wants to still read Twilight. Okay. I mean, just I'm kidding. sorry. Just yeah. Like if you haven't, <laughs> if you read haven't Twilight, read it, that's on. Don't you. read it. <laughs> that's on you. That's, That's on, on you. You missed point. that, and I'm so sad that you did, but... Yeah, it was a sorry. time to be alive. I was living my best life, but... Um, you missed out big time, yeah. but... Yeah. Going to the midnight releases of the movies, like, yeah. Getting the pins. Oh, my God. Okay, Barnes and Noble... Sorry, this is so off topic. Barnes and Noble throwback to, like, um, when they were, like, more relevant, but... Um, going to the midnight releases there and then you have they have little parties and you get to pick the pin and like i remember even for the harry potter release it was like you got to pick a pin that was like i think snape is good or snape is bad or whatever and it was like i don't know it was just it's so cute that's so cute that is cute and like team edward team jacob kind of stuff and like you got to vote and talk with people community (laughs) i want to go to midnight release they've been bringing some of them back for books so i need to yeah yeah, yeah. I think, they have. They uh, did one for Iron Flame. They just did one for Crescent City Book. Three, yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So they've been um, bringing them back. So I love that. Yeah. I gotta go. Gotta go to one. Okay. So my next thing um, is super pretentious prose. Um, so this comes stems from PTSD from being an English major in college. Okay. Because. <laughs> The amount of bad peer writing that I had to read. Please forgive me. My dog is scratching. The amount of bad writing that I had to read from especially like 20 year old boys that really felt like their emotional experience they were going through was like the most visceral thing that's ever happened to anyone. Like I just wanted to perish. Like it was just so brother, we've all been sad. And like I know this is your first time naming an emotion because your frontal lobe is starting to develop, but like it's not that deep. And I just if you have to write the book in a way to overtly tell me that you're being deep and you're being profound, you're missing the mark. I shouldn't you shouldn't have to write it that way for me to feel it that way. I mean Oh yeah, yeah. Me as me as a perks of being a wallflower girly growing up, like yes. Oh, I loved perks of being a wallflower. Yes. I and did too. I did too. Looking for Alaska. <laughs> oh yeah, loved it. Yeah, yeah. Me like oh, 
these art boys are so pretentious. Meanwhile, yes. in high school, I was listening to Lana Del Rey, looking out the window, uh, reading Parks of Being a Wallflower with my tea. It's just like, yeah. you know, she wasn't like the other girls. But yeah, no, I agree. Like, especially um, for stuff now, it's like, I'm not in class. I'm here to have fun. Yeah. Now, I turned the rise and but... another one. I thought it was like super edgy and cool because I really loved capturing the rye when in yeah, reality I didn't understand the what the yeah. hype was and I still don't understand what the hype was about the is about that book. But yeah, um, that's because you're I thought I was like, I just thought I was so cool for reading. Yeah, she's a phony because I'm she's what? a phony. <laughs> His, oh. his whole stupid <laughs> thing, yeah. I really liked yeah. Catcher in the Rye, but because he, like, I enjoyed laughing at him, but then it was like every man in that class that was reading it was like, he just is me and I get him so much. And I was like, oh. And you're like, Ooh. oh. <laughs> you didn't get it. Ooh. Red flag. Right. Like, <laughs> I like the way that it, like, it was a, I don't know, it was easy to read and that it was just kind of like very straightforward. But yeah, when people start relating to him, I'm like, yeah. oh, oh like, no. <laughs> We've, we have missed well, the point. We saw the same thing um, with the the latest Hunger Games book. What was it? A song, a, a songbirds, songbird, <laughs> a bout of songbirds and snakes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is so many Close. people I've seen um, come out of there and be like, "Oh, I just get it. Like, I understand him. I am him." And I'm like, "That's not no, the no. point. That's not the point. That's not the run, point. <laughs> run immediately. Run. Yeah. yeah. Run so. for the trees, baby. Um, please don't be him. Yeah." Yeah. yeah but my biggest example for this is the midnight library which i fully hate read like i cannot stand this book i don't know how people get through it and part of it is because um the main character is has like her doctorate in philosophy or something um and so she just like she's just be thinking a lot but then the other part of it is like you're getting exp- she's going through these lessons to learn the most basic concepts of philosophy and i'm like we have our doctorate like why are you why is this character mansplaining to my main character about philosophy and then she's like wow i'm learning that happiness is more than like a surface level concept for the very first time what was your doctor where did you get your doctorate from <laughs> yeah, did you pay did 20 dollars for it like what's happening it's just it was so so fake deep like i, I could have watched this on crash course literally good. <laughs> literally Ugh, i yeah. like midnight library but i can understand why people don't like it Ugh. so Ugh. but i also i don't think the character was supposed to be likable so i guess i i read it differently than you did maddie i don't yeah. think she was supposed mm. to be likable or relatable in any way then it was it was a good right because i could not stand <laughs> nora every time i hear the name nora i get ptsd oh can't I DNF that one, genuinely DNF that one, and I cannot, but I can't remember a thing about it because I just, for whatever reason, was like, (laughs) I'm out. For that reason, I'm out. Um, But, um, okay, so one of my, I didn't have an example of this one. I'm sure I know them, but I just can't remember. Um, So I was going to say too many plot holes. Mm. Um, Again, this is probably more for stuff like, yeah, like, good girl's guide to murder and stuff like that, which I understand is meant to be fun. Like, don't, it is not, we're not being Sherlock Holmes here. Like, I get that. Um, But if it's, I guess another way of putting this is if it's super predictable, that kind of thing. Like, if you just guess where it's going, Mm -hmm. uh, there's too many things that don't make sense. It's disconnected. Um, I'm just like, yeah, all right. Or when you really feel that, that choice the author made to do something that's super unexpected, but it's so unexpected that it doesn't make sense right it's a little too you. yeah the twist is too twisted <laughs> yeah it was like mm, yeah now we we've forgotten the plot here we've <laughs> got a little off a good script. example of plot holes but i can't think of one i don't yeah. know if this is really a plot hole but it reminds me of like um in the harry potter series where it's like every book they kind of find like a cool magical artifact that the the book kind of like revolves around so like the time turner and then they never bring it up again and never use it again, even in situations where it would be really helpful. And so it's yeah. like all that knowledge just like it was just for one book kind of a thing that feels yeah. plot holy to me. Too many side, um, too many side quests. I love a side quest, but maybe mm, if it's just, mm-hmm. I guess the theme of this is being disconnected. Like there's just, mm-hmm. it's off, it's predictable, it's disconnected. Um, so Yeah. I'm sure there's other ones that will come to mind, too, but I know that I've run into that in different ways. So, yeah, that's one for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, you did all yours, didn't you, Kaylee? I did. Okay, so we're to my honorable mention, which uh, if you've listened to our episodes, you already know this about me. I am on the last, the last toe with fairy tale retellings. <laughs> if someone does not show me a fairy tale retelling that is even tolerable, I'm over it. The second I get a sniff of Cinderella or Sleeping Beauty or Beauty and the Beast, I'm setting it down. I'm so tired of it. I've never read a book where it's like actually necessary to the plot. It's literally just like this crutch that people lean on to have a jumping off point because like the start of the book and setting up world building is the hardest part and I totally get it. But like write it for the first draft and then write it out. You don't need it. I hate it. It's so stupid. I get so mad. Dude, and like Akatar, totally, I was so confused about what the fuck was going on. And then at the end, they're like, oh, yes, he had to get someone to fall in love with him. And blah, blah, the, lest the rose wilt. It wasn't a rose, I don't think. But it was the same. I was like, you're fucking telling me this whole time. This has been yep. a Beauty and the Beast retelling. I'm going to hop off a cliff. Are you kidding? Dude, yeah, I, like, I will say I like yeah, the number, there are so many. It's so many. I think that's the thing, too, is, and I do remember, because um, uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed Akatar, um, like the series, but I remember for book one, um, yeah, I didn't see that coming either. And, no. and then I started putting two together, like, oh, she's stuck in the castle, blah, yeah. blah, blah, um, or in the house. And then you start putting two, two together and you're like, wait a minute. But yeah, it's, there's just, so, there's so many right now. So yeah. Yeah. What about, have you guys read Cinder? I was I just going to say, I did, like yes, I did like Cinder. Mm-hmm. I did like Cinder. Cinder's like, it's like a, it's like a. It's like sci-fi. Um, sci-fi. Like a sci-fi, yeah. Type thing. It was different enough, yeah. but I still don't think it needed to be Cinderella based. Like if you really take that part out of it, it still could have been, it still could have been another worked. example. What? Have you guys seen Warm Bodies? Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a fairy tale. It's but it's based on Romeo and Juliet and it's a vampire. It's not vampires. It's a zombie. It it's zombies. a zombie apocalyptic movie. And it's one of my it's one of my favorite movies of all time. And yeah. I love I love it. And I actually liked it. That one's based on Romeo and Juliet. It's like a really so. goofy it's like almost rom com kind of vibes. Like it's kind of making okay, fun but of that's, itself. It's funny. Yeah. yeah but see it's, that's it's, I think it's that good. that's different. If it's if it's like making fun of itself, right? Um yeah. if it's like somewhat ironic or something. Like yeah, and I think with Cinder too, like I would even push back and say that I like that I almost like that that one is a retelling, but it's because of how many there are out there that mm-hmm then the rest of them just get annoying um yeah so yeah i agree i didn't mind that one i did dnf the second book though because i thought it was boring yeah i, I never read the second, the second one. book either yeah but it's like first so, one was cool I though i was so obsessed with cinder and then i started reading the second book and i was like oh i'm over it but i will say okay. romeo and juliet i don't i don't really get tired of that one i like that one that seems easy enough for people to like pull off of pull off that like it doesn't feel tacky you know, like the structure, I think, just works really well. Whereas, like, Cinderella yes. is so specific and so weird with like the shoe that, like, I just feel yeah. like I can see them pulling at the string so hard to get it to make sense and to fit into their plot that I'm like, it, you're, it doesn't need to be there. Like, if it doesn't fit naturally, don't do it, girl. Like, well, because I think with the genre too, right? Because of like with fairy tale retellings, you're, I think, pretty. L- well, I shouldn't say are limited, but most of the time limited to fantasy, maybe sci-fi, right? Versus like um, Romeo and Juliet, that kind of like star-crossed lover thing is more of yeah. like a trope too that can bend to different genres yeah, and stuff too. Right. So it's, more you know, yeah, yeah. Um, so I also love uh, Romeo and Juliet. And I like even the more like the, like the straight up um, obvious ones too, like um, the Romeo and Juliet movies and stuff, uh, like mm-hmm. the one with... Uh, Leo DiCaprio and everything. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love it and all its I love weirdness, that one too. I do too. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Um, but yeah, I agree. No more yeah. fairy tale retellings. So we're putting a pause yeah. on that. That's why it's an honorable mention. Cinder saved it because I was like, I did like that one. But literally, I got one toe. I got one toe in the circle. If I read one more bad one that's just forced in one there for toe. no reason, it may be the end. It may be the end. <laughs> so, Fair it. enough. 
All right, also, did so... you guys hear my stomach growl a minute ago? No. <laughs> okay, Mine has been too. I thought that wasn't in the pause. <laughs> it growled so loud, and I was like, if this is on the pod, we need to cut that out. Anyway. Love it. The okay. girls are hungry. Sorry. The girls yeah, are hungry. hungry. No, you're good. <laughs> all right. So my last one, um, I already did my honorable mention because it made sense. We were talking about all the wild dialogue stuff. Um, so my last one that I had is um, no chemistry for romance or, mm-hmm. again, rephrasing as, like, just these characters that don't make sense together for a romance. Um, they don't vibe that well. They just don't have – they don't have the chemistry. Um, I put – uh, maybe hot take Bryce and Hunt from Crescent City. We've talked about it. I don't yes. get them as an item. Like that just does not, it does not hit for me. Um, there's been a bunch of other ones that I'm not a big fan of. Um, I'm sure I could name, but anything Insta lovey, we've talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it's done well, there can be, there can be exceptions, but just generally if the couple is a big part of the story and they just don't make sense, I'm like, yeah. Well, then if their I- only reason for being together is that this one is like the female main character and this one's the male main character. Yeah. Like, I'm out. That's why I think a lot of the times I root for the like secondary male character and the female main character getting together because a lot of the times that relationship for whatever reason is built out more emotionally than the mm-hmm. the surface level two main characters r- relationship because like they're usually like he's hot and mysterious and I'm into it. And they're like, Oh, you get me. Like you're always there for me. You support me. Like kind of a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I think true. we saw that. We talked about with one dark window, like kind of joking, but also seriously, I'm going to forget the guy's name, but the um, brother oh, or cousin, whatever Raven. he was. Oh, Ravens, oh. not him, but the other one. Oh. Um, I've seen, oh, do you know what I'm talking about? Other you know how I'm talking about. Yeah. 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 They had banter. They had, you know, a little bit of, you know. I've seen people say that of like Lucian, um, uh, Akatar, and stuff as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. So just yeah, that side character that is very supportive is caring. There could yeah, be tension there if they ever they're like the if they ever built character. upon it. Yeah. 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 There's more yeah. personality there sometimes. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I guess Kaylee is disturbed because she cannot remember that guy's name. I see it on her I, face. She's so mad. I know. It, I want to remember it so bad. <laughs> it's okay. I know. I can like see it in my head. No I know. I know who it, it is, but I keep wanting to say William, but it's not that. But no, I feel like it starts with a C. It's fine. Uh, oh, I'm about to find out. Hang on. Oh, we can do Elm. Certain Jeopardy music. Elm. 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 Did trees. not start with the speed. Oh, trees. <laughs> trees. Oh, trees. Oh, trees. Um, yeah. I'll yeah, I ship it. it, you know? We ship it. Yeah. So that was my last one. Um, that one can be a killer for me. Yeah, for sure. that was everybody's. Yeah, that's it. So if everyone has said their piece, that is all the tea that we have on DNFs. Do not let yourself be guilted into having to finish a book that you hate. Respect your own time, Okay. So your true. your podcast mothers Retweet. here approve the panel approves dnf that book it's okay <sighs> now that i have that off my chest um next time we're going to be <laughs> spilling the tea on uh book lovers by emily henry we're forcing kaylee to enter the romance genre in honor of valentine's day um we're going to be also moving to bi-weekly episodes so that we have more time to create content for you that's better and more consistent so please check that episode out on february 18th um you can also stay up to date uh with the latest tea on instagram tiktok or youtube by following us at spill the novel tea on all of the things and while you're there please let us know what book did you dnf other people finished and what is your top red flag for something dnfable what can you not see mm. past we need to know and also I so i can add it to my know. dnf list <laughs> <laughs> to my not tbr <laughs> Um, anyways, we will see you next time.